You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 274, Edema. Hosted by Dan Terry. That has not yet materialized uh, in any way, shape, or form. And Joseph Wren. Just happens to be 2007, when that's not really what was being sold or bought. Not sure who to blame. (laughs) Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if the way you like it is giving in while everyone is freaking out... Then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. Well, it's finally time to talk about a band that I was not excited to talk about it, but after the month that we have had with bands, I'm actually kind of happy to be talking about Edema tonight. (laughs) Edema, a band that was first introduced to me as fake corn. Don't worry. It's not that. But I do remember the day I woke up and thought that corn had gone super mellow because on the clock radio that was in my bedroom with all that compression and processing, they really made this guy sound like John Davis at a distance. I mean, we getting into this right now. Uh, We've got (laughs) a. uh... okay. so in case you didn't know, Mark Chavez, the lead singer of Edema or the former lead singer of Edema, and then the original again, lead singer of Edema, and then uh, again the lead singer of Edema, but then also now again also former lead singer of Edema. Oh, this band has a history. Uh, he has a he has a very passing vocal resemblance to his half brother Jonathan Davis of Corn. That's all I really have to say about it because if you listen to both of the guys side by side, they don't sound the same. And musically, these bands sound very, very different from one another while still staying more or less in the same music space. I say the word genre too many times with this podcast, so I'm going to say music. <laughs> I'm going to say music space this time. Adima is one of those bands that appeared in the early 2000s, approximately the same time, and we've talked about it post 9 11. That's obviously not when the band was formed, but. I think this band was part of the new metal thing in the early 2000s when the record companies were really trying to cash in on that taproot type sound, but still maintain the corn and limp biscuit route. Again, this band sounds nothing like those bands, but this is new metal May. This is the time frame that this band came out. We're looking for bands to be heavy and we were getting heavy bands But then we were getting less extreme heavy bands and more pleasant, melodic-sounding bands. And despite the initial comparison, like Dan mentioned, and I made fun of at the top of the show, I remember liking this band back in the day. They slipped through my fingers over the past 15 years because I thought they went away. They did. Then they came back, and they went away again, and now they're back. We're still waiting for album number five. Well, that's all right. Take your time on it. Make sure it's real good. No, I mean, like, really make sure. I'm not going to lie to you guys. This is not my cup of tea, really, at all. Um, alternative metal, right? Because this is the time period where no band wants to actually be called new metal. So they're going to call themselves alternative metal or post-grunge. I think it just sounds like radio hard rock. But it does get a little bit old-school new metal towards the back half of this band's... Uh, first album which we'll talk about here in a little bit but uh i think that they're new metal enough to justify being here and uh, obviously the the 
superficial similarities to corn uh, are, are definitely a hot topic amongst fans of this band. The word hot topic was an intentional choice here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there were a lot of bands, a lot of new metal bands like from 2000 to 2002 where, you know, to me, new metal, you know, was kind of always this fusion of like hip hop and like groove metal, right? That's why like even Korn's early records had, you know, frequently had guest rappers and Limp Biscuit, you know, having the greatest rapper of all time as their lead singer. You know, it, it definitely it definitely hit a certain way that this newer breed we I kind of would like to call these sort of bands like second wave new metal bands that were more interested in the alternative rock side of it and less of the hip hop. So what you had were bands that were hard rock, but every now and again, they would crank up to 11 and then they would be in full new metal territory. And you had and that to have that seven string guitar because that was new metal back in the day, right? Well, yeah, back in the day, these bands though, they're not necessarily out to wow you with their down tuning. They're not rebelling against anything here. They're just, playing songs that go down rather smoothly. These bands are sort of like the vanilla ice cream to, you know, older new metal bands, Rocky Road. So like we're talking about all the classics, right? From this area or from this era, like, uh, you know, Pulse Ultra comes to mind. A trust company comes to mind. Pulse One side Ultra, zero, yes. uh, earshot, you know, a lot of these people, a lot of people consider them to be like B tier new metal bands, but uh, the only bands I can think of that were still trying to do keep the old new metal sound alive at this point were like Nonpoint, um, you know, that were kind of keeping it going. POD kept it going for a while because they got a huge boost post 9 11, but um, everybody was definitely moving towards this sort of like, let's take everything that we did in the 90s and sort of smooth it out and make it radio friendly. So you're going to hear maybe some loops, some some beats. You know, you get a little bit of that, like, new metal industrial stuff in there, a little bit of radio friendly hard rock, top 40 sort of stuff. Uh, and that's how you get something like Edema that just kind of, they do kind of all of that stuff, but it all goes down really, really well, and they're never going to do anything that's going to surprise you. Well, before this second wave of New Metal May continues, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Well, I would like to tell you about five-star reviews, but I have uh, I have one of those reviews. Uh, I've got a one-star review here. This, uh, this comes all the way from Australia uh, for Apple Podcasts. And Josiah Russell... Uh, well, Josiah wants us to talk about, you know, some some more Aussie bands. Uh, it says, turn this one star into five. This one star will turn into a five when you do some Aussie pub rock, ACDC, The Angels, Rose Tattoo, and get some Aussie punk like Cosmic Psychos looking forward to giving you the five stars you deserve. Um, so, I mean, that is one way to give us a band suggestion uh, or, or let us know what you want. Uh, another good way to give us a band suggestion would be to 
jump onto our Discord server and tell us what bands you want to hear us talk about or send us an email at Show at gmail.com. Also, feel free to email us if you'd like to sponsor an episode of this podcast. Just let us know what you're thinking, and we'll see what we can do for you. Over in the wonderful world of Patreon, patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Patrick Asplin says in reference to Patreon Review 205, the world is going to ruin you by Vane.fm, otherwise known as Vane. Patrick Asplin says amazing album, which is a great comment because it's 100% true. I'm telling you, man, that record was the welcomed return to that band I needed. We all talk about Error Zone and how great it was. This was Error Zone in 2022. You're welcome. In reference to Patreon Review 148, Necrology by Darker by Design, Lost Fiction commented, Wow, actually like this one more than I expected. Don't know why, but Deathcore is slowly becoming another favorite genre of mine. We'll watch out for this one, as the King of Metal has told me to. Yeah, in case you guys didn't know, a lot of these Patreon reviews are at the suggestion of a uh, Lance, a.k.a. the King of Metal. Uh, Lance is in the Discord server. You should be, too. There's a link in the show notes to join the Discord if you want to get in on this. But uh, the man is an absolute genius when it comes to band suggestions, and we have not been disappointed thus far. The Discord server is where to be. If you want to talk about metal every single day, we talk about movies sometimes and games, but it's discussmetal.com. So you know we're talking about metal. We have Bandcamp Fridays. We do hangouts. There's always something happening, and we want to be able to tell you guys about it as soon as possible. So get in on that Discord server. Subscribe at Patreon. $1 a month. It gets you into that exclusive album review feed. There's other perks. And I want to say thank you to all the Discography Discussion patrons. You make this podcast happen every single week. Thank you very much. So, Dan, tell me and the listeners all about Edema. Well, Edema is a American rock band from Bakersfield, California. They really like Los Angeles. They have this whole song where I thought they were saying Lost and Aimless, but they were actually saying Los Angeles, unless they were saying Lost and Aimless, and I just, you know, they, like they were doing a thing, but I, I really couldn't tell. I listened three or four times. I couldn't, couldn't quite pick up on that. Anyway, they are from California. They have been around since the year 2000 which doesn't sound like that long ago if you're old like me, but that was, in fact, 22 years ago. So they've been around for a while. They were formed with vocalist Mark Chavez, guitarist Tim Flucky, or Fluky, guitarist Mike Ransom, and bassist Dave DeRue, and drummer Chris Coles. Very solid drummer in Chris Coles. Absolutely. So solid, I think, at this point, he's pretty much the only, like, original member of the band. No, okay, hold on. No, Dave. Okay, Dave and Chris and Tim are the constant. So let's just get this out of there, out of our heads right now that the singer is what makes the band, because that is not the case with Edema. But, yeah, this band was sold pretty much to everybody as, like, corn light <laughs> or, or fake corn. And a lot of this had to do with the fact that, as we said before, Mark, their singer, is the half-brother of Jonathan Davis from Corn. And I have to admit that at first listen, there is definitely a similarity in the phrasing and the tone of Mark's voice when he sings. 
But beyond that sort of superficial comparison, I don't think this band really sounds like Korn much at all. And uh, that's a good thing for Korn and for Edema because they are hitting a totally different side of new metal uh, than than Korn was than Korn did. And um, I actually found this first album by Edema to be much more interesting than I was expecting. 2001, Edema. I bought this album, picked it up on a Tuesday for less than $8, and I enjoyed it. This is that time in new metal and popular music in the early 2000s where you had bands who had the same tools but just put things together a little bit differently. I like the way Dan said it. This band is going after a completely different side of new metal because new metal has different sides, different pieces. It can sound like Limp Biscuit or it can sound like Taproot. It just depends on the band and in some cases, the producer, in some cases, the management. I don't think this is an example of that. I think Edema was a really good melodic rock band that happened to be walking around with seven string guitars, which were the most trendy thing at the time. And a guy who has a cosmetic similarity to Jonathan Davis's vocals if you mix him a certain way. Watch this band live back in the day. I don't see it. I don't hear it. I think it's fine. It's enjoyable for me, and I think it's better than some of the other radio-aimed records. I know we do New Metal May in honor of the Roach Coach, and they spoke highly of the first album by Trust Company, but when I think of what radio New Metal is, I point to Trust Company. This is in that ballpark. We're not trying to appeal to the heavy metal guys in the pit. We're trying to appeal to everyone. I mean, yeah, Edema sort of fought against the idea of being a new metal band pretty much from the beginning. Even though if you really listen, there there's definitely there's definitely some new metal going on uh, on this record. But it's again, it's it's more of the hard rock, alternative rock variety. You've got Mark who is probably sounds more new metal than the rest of the band. Uh, and again, that's unfortunately due to his vocal similarity to his half brother. Uh, but at the same time, like, I also think that's largely a reason people gave the band a chance at all, you know, cause dude, I remember when, um, what is it with, I'm about to make another comparison to a band that is associated with corn in a way. Uh, and that's dead Z versus orgy. Oh, fuck. Um, yes. Uh, uh, you know how with the very first time somebody ever showed me a dead Z song, they were all like, yeah, this band is like a, a bad version of orgy. And, uh, it actually turns out I kind of enjoy dead Z more than I enjoy orgy but not because I'm comparing them directly to each other. Um, Deadsy is actually really enjoyable to me because they don't sound like Orgy, not in spite of it. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're more like doing their own thing, but because it's a band that has electronics and the singer has some distortion on his voice, that automatically means they're an Orgy ripoff. It also didn't help the fact that uh, the band was signed to Korn's uh, elementary records. Uh, which I believe is also what Orgy was associated with. Could be wrong about that. You know, if you, if you fact check me, just, you know, tell, tell me nicely and sweetly that I was wrong. Somewhere there's an A&R guy that says, yeah, Dead Z is Orgy light because it appeals to the same fans. I say Dead Z is more new wave than they are industrial, and I'm okay with that. We're not talking about Dead Z tonight. We talked about them a few years ago, and if they would release some new music, we'll talk about them again. I guarantee it. 
Is that the episode that I started off talking about the McRib? It might feel be. Like, <laughs> feel like I was talking about the McRib. God, that was amazing. That was back before I was on my diet. I'm like, you know, because I probably ate like six McRibs that night. I don't regret it now. I really don't. It's, it's totally fine. Anyway, but yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like, on one hand, it sucks that they were constantly compared to corn because they sound nothing like them. But at the same time, you know, the Edema fans that I've heard or that I've interacted with have, have said, yeah, I checked them out because I like corn, but then I stayed because I liked Edema. You know what I mean? And and I think that the two aren't necessarily exclusive to each other. It was just kind of like, I don't know. It was kind of like if your boss writes you a letter of recommendation to your next job, you know, you got your foot in the door, but it's up to you at that point to prove that you have what it takes to do the job. And I think that I think that Edema did have what it takes to do the job. It's not my favorite music. I don't think that it's super complex, and I don't think that it's like really out to blow my mind. But this band, in a very short period of time, was able to relate release some seriously catchy, like alternative rock with a heavier edge to it. And I think it was just what the doctor ordered because people didn't necessarily want something that was overly angry. And I also think that this band is very good dynamically from going from sort of softer, more radio-friendly songs to pumping up that aggression. And because you have that sort of compare and contrast of a lighter moment mixed with a heavier moment gives the band sort of a, this great dynamic uh, of, of tension and release, which I think is sort of the key to most enjoyable music. Is Giving In the worst song on the album? Giving in, I say this a lot, I apologize, but giving in is setting you up for an experience that you're not really going to get. So, like, if that's your favorite Edema song, you're probably not an Edema fan. I think I could safely say that. It was the first song I heard because I said it earlier. I woke up and thought I heard a very light corn, and it turns out that's not what it was. But then when I sat down and listened to the record, I couldn't understand why this was the song they picked. And the only answer I have is there's so much vocals going on and it's so slow and the guitars are so backed off for the majority of it. This is the A&R guy's dream. Not only does he kind of sound like John Davis, but he sounds so much like John Davis because he's the center focal point of the song. Yeah, I mean, and he says the F word a lot less times, <laughs> right? And, and he, he actually has, I would venture to say that Yes, John Davis is infinitely more iconic, and it's not even fair to make a comparison to the two, but I think as far as traditional singing vocals go, I think Mark's got the edge. I think this album is underrated. I think more fans of old school new metal should listen to this album because of how good it is. How many of the radio rock friendly new metal bands that came out in the early 2000s post 2001 how many of them actually have an interesting album that you can go back to not necessarily an album you go back to for nostalgia no a lot of them are just really boring and uh i i bet yeah i'm looking at you earshot uh but like <laughs> i think that yeah i mean i think this record is still interesting to listen to even in 2022 now i'm not making some grand statement about how it's lasted and uh, you know the test of time or, or anything like that it definitely still sounds like it is like what it is, which is an alternative hard rock album from 2000. You know, it, it still it still sounds very much like that. But I think the songs are great. And actually, my favorite uh, Adima song is on this album. It's the song Drowning. 
It has a very, very catchy, melodic hook right off the top, which then drops into the, that heaviness and the screams. It's very smooth. It's very vanilla ice cream, like I said earlier. And I love listening to that song over and over again. I wish every Edema song sounded like this. This was literally one of my favorites. I love it when these bands use their melody as a weapon. Melody as a weapon. I like that. I mean, it's the kind of thing that like an unstable person would do, you know. But uh, yeah, I think that overall, this is probably, and I'm yeah, I'm just going to say it. I think this is the strongest Edema album as far as everything that the band has going on. I think it's the most new metal, which explains why they kind of wanted to move away from that a bit on their next release. But I think that this is still heavy enough for me not to be like, oh, God, it's boring rock. Uh, so, like, I'm going to say it. if For all of you that are still listening after the Papa Roach episode, um, this is how you do commercialized hard rock while still having a bit of a bit of your own edge. Not a lot. It's this still mainstream rock, but it's it's enough to set Adema apart and not sound like some kind of wannabe band. Despite being unfairly compared to Korn, they put out a very strong album for this style of music, and they are able to maintain it without having to vastly change their sound on the next record. Speaking of the next album, I'm feeling a little unstable. How about you, Dan? Always. 2003. You said the last album was the strongest album. This album... I still stand by that. Despite being a thinner production, suffering from 2003, the same problem that Disturbed had with Prayer, it just sounds like they mixed it for MP3, and they didn't know how to do that yet, so the album is very light. Almost like a cloud, an unstable <laughs> cloud. But I think the songs are more realized. Once again, I have to repeat this point. I think that Prayer by Disturbed is a better album than some of the later records. But good God, they killed it by not mixing it well and not remixing it. This album, with a remix today and a flack release on Bandcamp, I think these songs are stronger. They just don't impact as hard. I disagree. I think that these songs are not as strong as they were on the first record. And I think the reason I feel that way is because the first record was a combination of different styles. You had the you had the hard rock that you find most predominantly on this record mixed with a little bit of the new metal and the more angsty vocals. This record sounds like Mark took some singing lessons uh, in between the two records. So he's a little bit more produced here he's a little bit more mainstream rock and i think the band over focusing this is actually a lot like papa roach's second album where they they want to make a definitive statement of like hey this is what we actually sound like is we're a rock band we're here to rock you we're not here to we're not here to punch you in the face in a push pit you know you don't have to wear giant oversized pants with plastic chains falling off of the back of them in order to enjoy edema okay we we want everybody to go to our concert and have a good time. And I think that actually makes these songs less strong because they're more one-dimensional than they were on the first record. I don't think this is dynamically great. And I think the lyrics are also like, they're a little bit more on the nose than they were on the first album, uh, especially the song uh, Stand Up, which is obviously a song about abuse. 
Um, one thing I will give Edema points for on this is that, like, unlike Papa Roach, whose lyrics I felt were very insincere, I do feel like Edema's lyrics were more sincere. And if they're not, then they just made it past, like, my Dan Terry's, you know, sincerity check uh, in the lyrics. But I don't know. Like, in, in, in stand-up, he just sounds like, you know, oh, keep your hands off of her, you bastard, you know. One of these days, he's going to kill you if you don't leave him. Like, it's a little on the nose. I think it's sincere, but I think it's a little on the nose, and I feel like the presentation could have been more musical. It's a very real-sounding song. Like, the band released Edema, they went on tour, and they started to have those conversations with fans. I remember on the making-of DVD for Year of the Spider... Scooter's doing a live show. It wasn't just Scooter, it was the whole band. But he's talking about one of the songs, what it means, and how it was a fan who told him a story backstage that turned into that song. So this has the same vibe for me. And yes, most good songs come from real. And yes, most good songs come from real events, whether they are told to you or lived by you. That's not my point. But it is on the nose. It does feel like someone told him a story and told him about the aftermath. And this was him trying to visualize to the listener how that affects him and how that makes him feel. It doesn't sound like a general song that's supposed to get everybody pissed off. It sounds like he's trying to put his feelings out there on the subject. It still works. I still like the song, but in a few years, you're going to hear that same song done a lot more aggressively by other bands. It's fine in 2003. I mean, it's totally fine, and I think it's fine that they're trying to go rock because, I mean, dude, by 2003, new metal's not cool. They never really wanted to be a new metal band anyway. They just kind of showed up in that scene and couldn't avoid the obvious associations. You know, it just it is what it is. And also, you know, you also have an an angsty lead singer that talks about a variety of topics that make him mostly unhappy. (laughs) And uh, so it's going to be interpreted as new metal. And, you know, the guy gets pissed and he screams sometimes and he, you know, he gets in your face with the microphone and it's very aggressive and it's it's kind of lame if you listen to actually heavy music. But it is it it is what it is. Uh, I thought this record was just okay. I'm not going to lie. But I think that as a follow-up to their first record, I think this is the best they could have done. I do like a little bit more focus on melody and a little bit less focus on just aggression overall. There's a lot more melodic instrumentation on this record. And it they're kind of just showing off their quote-unquote chops as a band. You know, they're not playing anything like blow your mind technical, but they're actually writing songs that make sense. And they're delivering a nice, clean package for the listener, I guess, is the only way I can say. The only way I can say without sounding mean or condescending. I know it is hard for me to talk about music like this sometimes because, like, you know, earlier I'm like, yeah, you know, his vocals and and getting lumped in and this and that and this and that. And, like, but I'll also sit there and tell you, like, how, you know, Napalm Death has, you know, the best vocals, you know, like ever of anybody. And that's a guy making one monotone sound for an hour. So like, feel feel free to point out the flaws in my logic. But as far as as far as rock bands go, I think Edema was slowly starting to become one of the go-to bands for people that were still hanging on to that style, even as it started to wane out of popularity. 
they were one of the last ones to the party. And it's unfortunate for how good it is, but the band just didn't come out any sooner. And in 2005, we get Planets. This is when it starts to feel like new metal is dying a slow death. This is that weird time I remember when bands you heard three years prior are still putting out a record because everybody signed the contract and we have to fulfill it. I want the album to be better than it is, but the singles sound so much closer to Trapped than they do Edema, and that bothers me because the album starts off a little raw intense. It sounds like they recorded it in a basement by themselves, and I thought that was cool, but the album very quickly turns into every other radio rock record you've heard from 2005. Yeah, I mean, this is rough, right? Because they're, the band's iconic lead singer has exited the band. And so, you know, here's the thing. We talk about metalcore on this show a lot. And if you're in a metalcore band and your guy, you know, is popular for making a sound with his throat, it's relatively easier for a metalcore band to pull or a death metal band to pull off a vocalist switch mid-career. It is significantly harder to pull off a vocalist switch in a mainstream rock band. Very hard. I mean, if you have an original singer on the first album, but then like the second album on, it's a different guy. Sure, that's fine, you know. Uh, but a vocalist switch can can really make or break a rock band. I mean, if you even if you look at like a band like Project 86, you know, where the vocalist is the only remaining member, people are still going to stick around and check out that band because they know the vocalist. And he's the person, you know, I'm just going to cut cut the crap for you here. If you're a music fan, most people, the lead singer is the center point of the band. If you are a musician, you may not necessarily feel that way, but I feel like a lot of people that are Edema fans definitely liked Mark and they liked what Mark was throwing down. And he was probably a lot of the reason why they were a big fan of the band. Um, you could make special exceptions for more technical styles of music where maybe you are entranced by a specific guitarist uh, or drummer or something along those lines. But as far as a band like Edema goes, you lose your lead singer, you're going to lose a lot of fans. It's not it's not anybody else's fault. I think that I think that the lead singer they have on this album, a guy named Luke, I apologize Luke if I if I pronounce your name wrong, but uh Luke Caracioli. Anyway, Luke stepped into some big shoes here and uh, he saved the band, right? They're able to they're able to write and record a new record called Planets. And I think that they're sort of trying to make up for that a little bit, which is why, like Joe mentioned, the first track, Shoot the Arrows, kind of comes in pretty hard to the point where I was like, oh, man, for a band that doesn't want to be considered a new metal band, uh, they are definitely bringing it here. But also, as Joe described, uh, he's not making this up as the record goes on for an agonizing 57 minutes, by the way. <laughs> uh, it's too long for your rock record. Make it 36 minutes long and just cut it. Anyway, um, they did the best that they can they could here, and I think that like musically, it actually is strong. There's actually a little bit of you you can sort of tell that a lot of this record was written by a bunch of musicians without a big egoed lead singer uh, there to to sort of steer the ship, you know. And I, I'm especially sensitive. I can I can hear that whenever I hear a record. Because I always think like, well, I probably wouldn't have done this, right? I told him to cut this instrumental segment a little bit short. 
but the result is is they do they do some creative things here but unfortunately the listener is 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 trying to give a good vocalist a chance because he is a good he's a good rock singer there's only one really big sticking issue with this record he he's not mark he's not mark but if he has one thing going for him it's he has a major chester vibe and at a time when lincoln park was arguably the biggest band in this scene that's a cash in i'd take i can definitely see all the guys trying this guy out and being like oh my god guys you know what i think it's gonna be okay i think we're gonna be able to ride this out i think we're gonna be able to ride this through i don't necessarily think that this record is bad but it unfortunately does not have the star power of the previous two and even though i think musically it's cool i don't necessarily think that it's cooler than similar bands that do it better and absolutely not i think maybe if we'd had three or four albums with this guy to to really flesh out the new sound of edema i think that it would be cool but overall it just kind of starts sounding tired about halfway through um you know i think it is cool that there is a uh, cover of the thing that should not be at least of the end of my cd version of it there is uh always always enjoy a good metallica cover uh covers decent it's fine like this record's fine but like if this had been edema's first record and they put out four more like this i would have been like now nah, let's not talk about edema on the show you know it just it's there's not enough here to really grab me and I really want to like a record called Planets because usually stuff that has to do with planets in the solar system is like really up my alley. But then you're like, oh, okay, I thought you were doing something cool, but you're just this is just a this is just another mainstream rock record. And um, it definitely does not hold up in comparison to the first two. And um, I guess due to some sort of personal issues, the singer on this album left the band like four or five months after this was done being recorded. So. Uh, again, we've got an edema that sort of strangely still exists, which I'm sort of shocked by, if I'm being honest. They, they really should have just called it a, called it a day and started a, a different band uh, after, after their singer left. And whether you think he's an a-hole or not, and, you know, I know for a fact that the guitarist and the bass player and the drummer are, you know, they basically are edema, so it's not necessarily fair to say... Oh, well, your lead singer was everything. But I think in a case like this, if I see a record that says a demo on the cover and it's not Mark singing, it's kind of weird. And I'm sure like everybody thinks he's a jerk and he left the band for dumb reasons. And there's all that personal stuff where Adema fans love slash hate Mark. <laughs> you know, it's a weird position to be in for sure. And I salute the band for continuing. But I kind of like I kind of want some of those don't dynamics back that existed on the first record. The fans in 2005 are still buying the album at face value. I'm not shocked by the way this album sounds. I'm disappointed that the vocals are so drastically different. The music sounds effectively the same. The same three musicians who wrote all those other songs wrote these songs. That piece is cool. But you can hear the parts of the chorus where they made space for the screams and he just couldn't do it. So it turned into a baritone hum that we then layer and try to be impactful with when what should happen is what happens one time in the beginning of the album, which is just drop the vocals for a second and let's corn our way through this. 
Yeah, I mean, that that's just kind of where they're at. And I also think that this is a band that is just dealt a bad hand because obviously, like, I mean, the record did. I mean, it got to like 152 on the Billboard 200, you know? So, like, they're still more or less riding off of the fact that they are Edema. But then people are hearing it and they're like, but, it, but, it, but it's not, though. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> like, like, it's not the same thing. Like I said, it, this is not the band's fault. A lead singer change in this genre is nearly impossible to pull off correctly. I mean, we did a very similar episode to this on Drowning Pool, you know. Uh, that's a band that literally just never recovered from from the lead singer uh, passing away, you know. And it's not anybody's fault. It's just that, you know, when your debut album is, like, really, really impactful for somebody, it can be really, really hard to accept new things. It's not as big of a deal for me because, like, I listen to mostly, like, metalcore and death metal and stuff, so, like, this sort of thing happens all the time. <laughs> but uh, with with... With mainstream rock, I could see people having serious problems adjusting to a different singer. And the fact that, you know, you deal with that sort of whiplash, but maybe you accept the new reality and you move on. I mean, as long as the songs are good. And I do think that the songs overall are good. They're just not interesting, you know. And unfortunately, this band has to deal with another lead singer shift immediately after this. 2007, Kill the headlights welcome to the worst selling edema record um welcome to the hardest we, to find edema album yeah so you're not going to find this on streaming it's actually uh it was released on immortal which feels like that means it should be on streaming <laughs> but i don't know maybe if you only sell like a certain amount of copies they don't they don't put you on streaming they're like nobody nobody cares obviously um, I think this record was a very, very sincere attempt to write the ship or just to play some songs that they'd probably literally been sitting on for years <laughs> at this point and have probably been playing live for a very long time. Um, but unfortunately, like you're, you're sort of back to having to adjust to a new singer and you're dealing with a band that can't decide whether they are a hard rock band or there's something more aggressive than that. And they can't decide either. And you, you also have a new singer. For this record, you've got Bobby Reeves. Bobby's the man. And I'll say it. Bobby, Bobby's a good singer. I, I like Bobby. If, if every Edema album had Bobby on it, it would be super cool. Um, I don't know if it'd be as cool as, as if every one of them had Mark on it. But it, it is still, <laughs> you know, it's still cool, you know. I like. So I don't know anything about Mark as a person. So if it's like some huge a-hole, I don't know because I don't know the guy. Uh, but... I like the way he sings on Edema songs. And I don't really like the way Bobby sings on Edema songs. I like the way Bobby sings, like, period. I think he sounds really, really good. And I appreciate that he does not try to emulate any of the, you know, the other two singers in the band. But I almost feel like put Bobby in a different band that's only his, and I think he can own it. I think this still sounds like the sort of Edema formula but with one critical piece missing. I know I sound like a broken record here, but like there are rock songs that are tailored to certain people. <laughs> and when that person is not being featured on it, it does not have the dynamic edge. So like you take a good vocalist like Bobby Reeves, you have him sing over these songs and you start realizing that this band has not necessarily always been a super strong songwriting outfit. You've never been so wrong about a hard rock record, dude. The only thing about this album that 
didn't happen was they didn't change the name of the band. The songs feel different. I can tell they're written by the same people, but Bobby Reeves approaches the vocals differently. Maybe that's just his technique. Maybe that's we had five years to figure out how to produce these albums differently. Whatever the combination is, this is the first time it sounds like a whole new band. It's almost a We Are the Fallen situation versus the original Evanescence, where you have the creative musicians writing and releasing a new album with a different vocalist, and they bring the same vibe. I don't think this has the same vibe as Edema, but I think it's a more complete vibe. It doesn't sound like we've patched holes in the wall. It sounds like we built a new wall and everything is stable. This band could go play shows. If anything, this band showing up to play Giving In would sound like a cover band to me. But the album as a hard rock album is much better. If the A&R leadership of this band is trying to sell the radio singles and turn this band into the next Taproot, this is the album that you can make that sale with. Just happens to be 2007 when that's not really what was being sold or bought. Not sure who to blame. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you would be the expert on what makes a good hard rock record as I don't typically partake in that. Um, everything I know about hard rock is from the 90s. And from most of what I hear from hard rock these days, it basically still is the 90s. So I just, I don't really hear anything that catches my ear on this record. And not only is it bland to me, but I mean, obviously the, if Edema has as many fans as it appears that they do online, they're also not necessarily thrilled with this. And um, unfortunately for Bobby, right after that, Mark calls him up and goes, hey guys, I want to be back in Edema. And then, like, he comes back to the band and then, like, literally drops out of the band again without them putting out a record. They, they were they were gonna put out a record after this uh, called 360 Degrees of Separation, but uh, that has not yet materialized uh, in any way, shape, or form. The closest thing to a new release you've gotten from Edema was Topple the Giants, an EP that came out in 2013, that, if my memory serves... Tim is doing the lead vocals. So it's basically a three piece at that point. I mean, yeah, at this point, you got to stop hiring guys. I mean, kind of can relate to that quite a bit. Uh, you know, you, you just got to stop <laughs> grabbing people. Uh, anybody that takes shade from that, just go ahead and take it. Um, but I think that like, yeah, I mean, I didn't actually listen to the EP because, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting for sure to hear Adima in 2013, still sort of chasing that dream of like, we're going to, we're going to be a big rock band and they have been a big rock band. Um, I just don't know that if, you know, in the 20 teens or, you know, or beyond uh, that this band, I, I feel like, I feel like they were really starting something uh, all the way up until 2003 and then they had the same kind of problems that literally plague every single band to ever exist. And props to them for holding on and being like, no, we're going to still keep going. Because one thing that I like about Edema, and I don't really talk about this with a lot of the bands that we talk about. Uh, the, this band has a, has a very, very dedicated and specific fan base. And they will support the band. And I do get the impression from the social media posts made by Edema 
and even them like sometimes occasionally jumping into comment sections uh, of YouTube videos and things that these guys really do care about that fan base and that they do what they can. They take they don't take that support lightly and they try to give back to the fans as much as they can. And I think that Adima is a band that is not only still around due to the dedication of the core band members, but also still around because of their fan base. And I think that is really, really special. Whether I like the records or not is kind of irrelevant with this band. And I mean, with most bands, like if we're talking about a band that I hate, you like, like that's totally okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think in the case of Adima, I don't love Adima, but I, I, I think that what they have been able to accomplish in their, in their career is, is very unique considering all the other bands that have come and gone since the formation of this band. Is that your final thought, Dan? Yeah, I mean, I think that's about as, as about as final as I can get. Um, I think that Edema is totally not my thing, but I think that they have done very well in the time that they've been a band. Edema is not always the band I want to listen to, and there are times when the desire for something that is good and is new metal and reminds me of the early 2000s, I'll find my way back to this band, but I don't find myself reaching out wanting to listen to Edema. I don't think I'm the fan of this type of radio hard rock, but I know those fans are out there. If Edema is your thing, you're already listening to it. If you're in this group of fans that like hard rock but want that radio melody single, Adima is going to give you that. It doesn't matter what record you come in on or whether or not you're still a fan and waiting for that new release. I'm waiting for that new release. I'll be interested to hear what it sounds like when, if it comes out. So for the radio rock fan, I think Adima is for you and you want to listen to this band. I listen to this band sometimes and I really enjoy it. It's just not always what I'm looking for. But if you're looking for it, you should be listening to Edema. Damn, what's your album of the week? My album of the week is one that, I mean, it's kind of a kind of a, a trope for me, but uh, it's Language by the Contortionist. Uh, I had a, a really, really, really rough week uh, leading up to the recording of this episode, and uh, I definitely feel beat down. And, um, you know, there there's a there was another band we were going to talk about in New Metal May that we uh, decided not to talk about. I'll let you uh, decide what band that is. But, uh, you know, after doing all that work for, for nothing and, and just personal life getting in the way of things, um, I, needed to, I needed to get back to my base, my, my source, which is the contortionist language. It's a record that I always listen to when I'm having a bad week, and I think that you should too. I've made my case for another twofer on Patreon. Sometimes Dan and I talk about bands that have two albums, especially when those albums are interesting or influential enough to bring to the patrons. We get to listen to all kinds of music on Patreon, and I want to tell everybody again that $1 will get you into that exclusive album review feed. More than $1, well, we have some sweet perks. But if there's a band that you want to hear on the podcast that maybe doesn't have three albums it's kind of hard to do a full episode on that so for patreon i'm really hoping that dan agrees to talk about ascension 
This one came up on the Discord a few weeks ago, and I have been listening to Abomination. I don't know everything about this band, but I understand that members would go on to be a very influential heavy band, and these are 2020 remasters of their two albums that were released. Gotta love Bandcamp Fridays, dude. That's all I'm saying. Take us out, DFT. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Discography Discussion. If you guys like the podcast or this is your first episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Make sure to leave us a review if you like the show or you don't like the show. If there's anything you want to say to us, get in our Discord server. There's a link to it in the show notes. You can click on it and hang out with us on Discord. And if you want to support the podcast on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have all kinds of sweet goodies in there for you, including individual album reviews on new and old releases, shorter episodes of discography discussion with bands that have shorter discographies, as well as a monthly hangout where we get to talk about what you want to talk about with you. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you again next week. And on that note, this has been episode 274 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash Discuss Metal. We have some sweet perks. Give me that sweet, sweet green. $1 a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed. 